Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's time. This is Friday and we're live. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pantalis Podcast. My guest today, Olivia Benarosh. Olivia, Hello. welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Olivia, I know you for a while, mm-hmm. but uh, we're going to get into this in a second because I caught you at a weird time right now where um, you're a full-time comedian, mm-hmm. which is strange for a lot of people. Everybody asks me, how the fuck do you do? It's crazy. So we're going to get into it with you because I think you're new at this full-time comedy thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you, how did you first get involved in festivals? Because you were at Just for Laughs so many years. What got you in there? I always knew from a young age I wanted to work in entertainment. Um comedy is something that's always interested me as a kid I've always you know watched movies and quoted them and done you know imitations and and impressions and things like that Um, and then you know when I graduated from SAGEP I kind of wanted to get my feet wet and actually start working and not just do like summer camp and be a counselor so I kind of started looking at opportunities and then essentially what happened was I I I interviewed for a job at the Jazz Fest, okay. did not get it, and then through a contact managed to get myself um, an unpaid internship at Just for Laughs. The best kind of internships. Well, the funny thing is, it, that was back in 2010. I was 19 years old, and I was I was about to start university after that summer, and then uh, I got this unpaid internship. I was super excited about it. Brand new company, first time working in a real office environment, and then about uh, a week into my internship, one of the key members of our team quit, and this was a week before the festival. So they essentially hired me to be a staff member for the summer, and it was kind of like sink or swim. And I just loved it so much and, you know, did well that summer. It was actually on the Juste Bourrier side. I started on the French side doing oh, shit. public okay. affairs, yeah. And then from there, it was just, you know, translated into different contracts throughout the summers. And then once I graduated university, I, uh, you know, started full time. And then you didn't look back. You've been there for years. Yeah, 2010 was my first festival. 2011, I did, you know, PR. Uh, 2012, I actually was on exchange that year and couldn't secure a job in time for JFL, so I ended up working at Fantasia that summer, Fantasia Film Festival. Yeah, also yeah. fun, but different different style. I bet. 2013, I was the industry coordinator back at Just for Laughs, and then 2014, because of JFL, through those contacts, I actually secured a job in New York City for a year. So I ended up working in New York in comedy for a year. And uh, What did you do in New York? So I was working for a company that managed comedians, and I was assisting, do you know J.B. Smoove? Curb Your Enthusiasm, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Leon. Leon, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I was actually his personal assistant for a year, along with some other clients, but I, I really primarily managed like his day-to-day. Was that as funny as it seems like it would be? He is a gentleman and a kind man, and it's more than I can say for a lot of the other, not a lot, some of the other artists I've met over the years. I will say it's many of the other <laughs> artists. Yeah. You know, there are, there are some celebs who have a bit of an inflated ego, Yes. dare I say. Um, oops, sorry about I've that. met quite a few of them. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. So essentially, New York was a riot, and it was it was crazy to be in the comedy scene in New York City as a twenty three year old and just going to shows five nights a week and meeting everybody and seeing the real kind of roots of New York comedy scene at that age. And then uh, my visa was up after a year, and then Robbie Pra, who's now at Netflix, kicking um, ass. He's kicking ass, but he was you know VP of programming at the time. He came and kind of poached me back and was like, 
come back to the team. So then I started JFL full time 2015, and today marks my last ever day at Just for Laughs, which is crazy. It's crazy, yeah. yeah. But you obviously left on good terms. Something that uh, gave you a lot. I did. And yeah. What happened? You just caught the bug along the way. You're like, I, I got to get into this comedy thing, even though it's completely fucking insane. It's fucking insane. As it is. You it say. is. Um, I I would say I caught the bug as a kid though like I've always known I wanted to be on stage and I've done so many things on the side while I've been working at JFL over the years um, I do voiceover work I've done you know plays and musicals and things like that I've done stand up over the years there's a lot of different side projects I've had my hand in and so I, I always kind of knew I wanted to do it and I think it just took so long to find the courage to actually do it but at the catalyst, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, and this might come off as like a little hacky, but it's true, I discovered mindfulness two years ago, like really getting into the notion of mindfulness okay. and being self-aware and under and getting in tune with myself. And I know it sounds like real, you know, bullshit, but the truth is I like started reading and really kind of starting to understand myself. And it and it, it took it took me a long time to build up the courage to say to myself, okay, you you're not doing exactly what you want to be doing. You're doing kind of what you want to be doing, which is you're in comedy and you're, you're touching everything about comedy, but not comedy itself. And so um, I had done open mics over the years and little things here and there, but uh, earlier this year, I really started getting into it more. And so I've done a couple shows and I, I think I, you know, I have like a, like a tight 10 right now, <laughs> but it's obviously a work in progress and there's a lot. I mean, standup isn't the primary goal. It's really sketch comedy is what I love. Okay. But... I really love all of it. Because so. did anybody not, nobody told you that you could work in the day and then do comedy at night? They did. And certainly I saw it for myself, but just. That's what I was doing for years. Well, I think there's a distinction between working a job that's minimally demanding. Ah, right. You know, there's yeah. so many comics that I know personally that, you know, wait tables or are working a desk job, are, you know, a receptionist or whatever it is. And, and you know, that's real work. Don't get me wrong. It's respectable. But when you don't have to necessarily check your emails after 6 p.m., yeah. you don't have to worry about contracts, artists, high-stake deals going through, especially the months leading up to the festival, during the festival. During the festival, we're working 18, 20-hour days. It's, it's, a, it's incredibly difficult to balance when you're working in a high-pressure environment that has so much, you know, that is so demanding. And so I commend anybody who's balancing two jobs, regardless of the nature of it, doing comedy by night and, you know, doing work by day, but... Just for Laughs is not the type of environment that lends itself necessarily to constantly um, being able to run around as much as you'd like or, or, or do the things you want on the side as much. It's, it's just a time-consuming Which job. makes sense. There's so much, There's going, so much so many going moving on. parts. Because it's not just the Montreal Festival, right? I was working on Vancouver Australia. and Toronto. Yeah. Fuck. So it's... And don't get me wrong. Like, I have loved being a part of the JFL team. It's been, it's been uh, an incredible journey and experience. But... I can't uh, fully devote myself to my creative projects as long as I'm working there. It's just not humanly possible. It's just it's just exhausting. And like I tried to balance it this year. I started doing stand up this year and you know I'd come home and write and by the time I'm done my day, you know, it's eight o'clock and I'm home I'm tired and I've been exerting my mind all day and it's you just wanna relax and watch Netflix or whatever. So I think I'm just looking forward to being able to actually take the time I need and see if it works. And even if it doesn't, that's okay, but at least I'm doing it. Yeah, you don't want to think about it later. Like, you missed out on at least trying. Exactly. I feel the same way all the time. Yeah. Sometimes I get scared. And then, like, you know what? At least I'm, I'm trying. I can't say that I didn't try later. But that's so even if it, it fails, at least I know, hey, I gave it a good go. You don't want to live in regret. Yeah. And look, I don't have a house or a mortgage. I don't have kids. You know, it's like... This is the time to do it. If I don't do it now, now's the time. What did they say when you told them that at, at Just for Less? 
So because of my reasoning, which, which truly and genuinely and sincerely is that I'd like to be a comedian, uh, they were actually very supportive. Okay. Um, obviously, there's like a bittersweet sentiment that comes with it. Oh, you know, you're a big part of the team and we're going to miss you. And, you know, you and I have worked together in re- like a lot of different capacities over the years. It's, it's hard to great. replace experience also. It must be tough on them thinking about it. It's tough. It's tough for sure. But this is business. Yeah. It's business. And, I, you know, there's no hard feelings on that front. I think, if anything, they all want to see me succeed. And... I'm also coming at it from a position of somebody who's now worked on the industry side for so long. I have an idea of where it is I want to go, what it is I want to do, what I'm going to exploit and capitalize on. So there's also a part of my team at JFL that's like, not only do we wish you success, hopefully we can book you one day. And and I appreciate that that support for sure. But it's, you know, it's not going to be, it's going to be a tough transition, but they're going to be just fine. I have all the confidence in them. Yeah, they have a big team. It's just, I, I can understand from a perspective of, I've worked that office for years. I remember when you'd lose a, a key member, Yeah, it's hard to replace. For sure. But this is a little weird because you're kind of, you're going out from the, um, the management side and you're like, you know what? I want to be an artist. I want to do the hard stuff, which this is a lot harder. This is, I'm telling you right now, it's a lot harder, but yeah. personally, way more rewarding. A hundred percent. If it's what you want to be doing. If, yeah. Who's forced for sure. into stand-up? Nobody. But the truth is, um, I think it's, you know, it's it's such a conflict of interest to work as, at, as a booker at Just for Laughs and then be a comedian at the same time. And so this whole year that I've been doing stand-up and performing, I've been very reluctant to promote myself on my social media just because I'm like, I... I am here as an ambassador for this company that's booking other talent, and yet I'm trying to promote my own image as talent. So it's been you this, never promote your exactly. own image as talent. Yeah. So it's been this weird gray area all year, and so that that's also part of my excitement is to, to start off 2020 and be able to brand myself yeah. as what it is I'm trying to accomplish. And so that's also to answer your question, like as much as I could potentially balance it, you know, go out at night and do stand up and work by day. There is also this fundamental conflict of interest that has prohibited me from doing so, and so I'm excited to to do it yeah so did you ever have a moment in the summer where you saw certain acts and you're like you know what that's horrible i could do better i, I gotta do this i'm trying to determine uh the you don't de- have to the name de- the degree of uh d- diplomacy that i need to yeah, exercise yeah you don't have right to now. you don't have to name anybody but i went i i go through that everybody goes through, so i'm pretty sure that you see sometimes you might have been like yeah i gotta i gotta start doing calm what the fuck is this I would say it goes both ways. In the sense, on on one hand, I've seen quite a few comedians over the years that I've looked at and said, okay, I can do that, or, you know, at the very least, I can do that, or I'm funnier, or whatever. But by the same token, I've seen a lot of comedians that have just inspired me tremendously. I've seen magical moments, midnight surprise. Even Mike's show this summer... um, uh, sorry, Andrew Schultz's show this oh, summer. Oh, goddamn! That that Mike did, and yeah, you, you were there in the audience. Yeah, it was fucking killer. The, the, those are magical moments that yeah. are not replaceable, that are not easily to, easy to replicate. Like those are things that happen once in a lifetime. That you're there or you're not. And so I've witnessed yeah. these things where I'm like, fuck, I need to do this. This is what I want to do. So it's been it's been inspiring in the sense that I've seen people I've admired and people that I I feel like I can match. Good. You know what I mean? But I've seen so much comedy. I've consumed so much and. For the most part, it's been inspiring. Yeah, because you used to, I guess you, because you had to manage too, but you were at so many shows. You you came to my show over the summer. Like, you had a lot of stuff. and I, I saw Which you, I loved, by the way. You had a good time. I'm happy to hear that. Well, you were always one of my biggest supporters. You would say good things about me really? behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Good, Mike would tell me. So it was always yeah. it was always motivating to have someone on the inside being like, yeah, he's good. I, like, I wouldn't you know? have said it if I didn't mean it, But too, that's why. Because I've seen so many <laughs> But the, And you get, yeah. sometimes I would see, like, I remember when you came to my, but then you were somewhere else, because I saw you later that night, I think, admin. So there was always... 
those weeks, you're everywhere and nowhere at the same time, obviously, because yeah, your head's fucking scattered. Scenes, yeah. But yeah, it must get grueling after a while. You see so much comedy, and then you might not like it. I know Theo at the Comedy Nest, he stopped doing stand-up, and he can't even, like, he's like, I see so much comedy. It doesn't, it's hard to, to get me to laugh. I mean, yeah, I think that's personal. Um, don't, you know, there's also a distinction between seeing comedy in one club yeah. in Montreal versus working with comedians from an, an international platform. I'm not just talking about Americans. I'm talking about Australians, Latin Americans, like co- com- comedians from all around the world that I've been exposed to. And, and the Austrians, I feel like there's no funny Austrians. Austrians? I don't think yeah. I can name you a single Austrian comedian, but Australians. Yeah, that's what I can't even think of a single Austrian person apart from Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, not coming to mind right now. <laughs> but, you know, Just for Laughs has also a platform that curates some of the best yeah. talent around. It's not just stand-up. We're talking comedy in all facets. So what I've been exposed to is significantly more privileged than the average person has been exposed to. You know what I mean? But what about what about sketches drawing? Because you because you said that what your interest is in, is in sketch, right? That you see something and you're like, oh fuck, I want to be part of that. Like, mm-hmm. What happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Saturday Night Live and Mad TV have been kind of pivotal, you know, shows for me. They're just I've always enjoyed them tremendously and always been like, I can I can do voices, I can do accents, I can do impersonations. This is where that would come in handy, and so I think stand up's a great platform and it's a great outlet. And certainly it'll serve me as an outlet for things I want to get off my chest. Yeah. But when I think about what I truly, really want to do and what I think I'll excel at the most, it's it's comedic acting in, in the context of sketch comedy. Um, Just for Laughs has the you know early date portion of our off-JFL programming dedicated to local uh, you know comedians. And a lot of that programming is made up of sketch and kind of themed yeah. shows, storytelling shows and sketch shows and improv shows. And it's a treat. It's a treat. I'm, I'm, I think I'm almost more impressed by improv performers just by the sheer ability to think on the spot and, and actually be funny. Yeah, you when know? they're funny, it's the greatest it's, thing. It's, when they're not funny, it's the most awkward thing. It, for sure. But the same can be said for stand-up, I think. Oh, yeah, obviously. But it's, it's I don't know, there's, a, there's an element of, I just, I'm so utterly impressed when I see improvisers and at a high level, too, when, you know, you're seeing Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz and all these amazing people. It's... You're thinking, like, whose line is it anyway type of stuff? That, too. Yeah. I mean, that's an iconic show, too, and everything. I don't know. It's just, it's such an exciting world, the world of comedy, and I think I'm just tired of not fully being in it. I'm, I'm But you, you, you were, I guess. You were just in a different In a different capacity, capacity but yeah. I want to be in that community, because then yeah. I love, I love the, the comics that I know, and I love the people, and, I, and comedians are not like agents and managers, you no. know? It's a different population, a different demographic and I relate to that and I like it and I'm and everyone's been very welcoming since I kind of started doing spots around the city and people will see me at an open mic or at a show oh you should come to my show come yeah. to my show and it's it's a supportive community and I think on the Canadian landscape uh, specifically that we have a duty to support each other I don't know about other cities but I know here especially on the English team because we're not that many mm-hmm. that's why we're like that because mm-hmm. we it's a very small community so kind of everybody knows each other Precisely. and that's why we don't have that many mics we can't really support that many yeah. and get people to come out because the same people you're going to see all the time. Exactly. Or a handful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're going to get a lot of support. I already told you it's, it's not going to be an issue. People are going to want to support you. Well, even you reached out, like even having me on today, I really Yeah, yeah but we're, you're going to, we're going to give you some gigs too in the new year and stuff. You. No, you're going to, you're going to, I'm doing some stuff around Quebec, not just uh, oh, that's great. Montreal. Uh, my buddy Emil, who you worked with. Emil, Emil Corey. Corey. Yeah, yeah good he, dude. Good dude. Good dude. He's booking my Quebec tour. 
Yeah. You're kidding? Because I know he had a show. It was like, uh, it was some Lebanese title. Yeah, Haboobs and La Yeah. The Haboobs and Laluz or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, like, so yeah. So he, he became really good at it. Like, yeah. he, he got good names. Uh, the shows were going well, so he learned how to book. So then I, I talked to him, and I like, I, I do, because Mike does a lot of um, hiring, like, internally. He likes to promote people instead of just hiring someone from the outside. Mm -hmm. So I, I started good. to think, I should do the same thing. Yeah, it's great. So I saw him, and I saw he was putting in a lot of effort, and he was a good guy. I was like, you know what? Let me talk to him because I'm trying to get organized. I'm trying to book all these dates. So I would go through him, and he at first he was panicking. He was like, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to fuck it up. But he's fucking great at it. So he's going around all over Canada fucking booking spots. No, he's a smart guy. Spots. Yeah. I mean, I worked with him when he did PR for us, but I always got along with him. He's Very a good dude. friendly. Yeah, good dude. I'm happy to hear that, though. That's great. Yeah, I'm working with him, so I'm going to definitely hook you up with something. Thank if you. we go like around Montreal somewhere, you come, put you on. Yeah, because you need the practice. The biggest thing now is reps. Get, just getting comfortable. 100%. Yeah. I would say at the beginning of the year, I would still get very nervous to do no, to do an open mic and, you know, have a half, I need to have a shot of whiskey before I get on stage. I'm so nervous. And what if I fuck it up? That's not going to leave for a while. Well, the truth is I'm still, you know, I still get to a point where I'm like, okay, I, I have that adrenaline rush before I get on stage. But I'm, I'm certainly a lot more comfortable now than I was, you know, 10 months ago. I, I don't freak out now when I get on stage, but I'm still not 100% in my element. So like you said, it takes time. You need to find your voice. Yeah. But the one advantage I do have starting out in comedy and having these years of JFL as you know my, my background is having watched and consumed so much of it. And so even if I myself don't have the, ex the, the, the hands-on experience and practice, I have, I have s like so heavily internalized what makes a good stand-up set? From some of the greats. From some of the greats. Right. And I've spent close, you know, time with with some remarkable people. I've had yeah. the, the privilege of getting to know some amazing comedians over the years. And so I think just learning by watching also is a big, big part of, Huge, yeah. of, of my, you know, my privilege and my experience. Plus that um, that before going on stage thing, mm -hmm. that I think unless you start not liking it, I don't think that ever really leaves. It's just different levels. Like you're yeah. never gonna be like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? But you always have that little little pinch. Yeah, because yeah. you because you want to do well. That's what I've learned now. That's because I used to be confused when I'm on stage. I'm speaking. I have no issues. Mm -hmm. So why do I feel like this? I know I'm gonna be fine when I get there. But it's all because you don't want to let people down. They're there to see you. Exactly. You don't want to fuck them over. So that's what it is. But that's a good sign because if you were more, I've seen comedians Less. that just gave oh, up. I've seen yeah, so much of that. We get up and they just fuck around on the yeah. mic for five minutes. It's wasting our time. But know? they're like that before. They're like that even before. They're like that before the fucking uh, before they're on stage. When you see them backstage, mm. that's how they are. So you kind of feel the energy. They're like, nah, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And then they project it on stage. Yeah. I don't know. I saw I even saw that at the comedy store. I'm not gonna name names yeah, from no, some yeah. some greats and I was there with Mike and we were both like, What the fuck's he doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people paid money and they're just stroking it. Yeah. So it happens. Sometimes people just don't give a fuck. No. I mean there, yeah, there's a there's a fine line between having a style that says, Okay, I don't care about anything and this is my style versus no, I genuinely don't have a prepared set and I'm just wasting your time. You yeah, know what I mean? Not the nicest fucking thing to do to people. No, it's not. So you, what do you like now when you go on stage? Since you're thinking a sketch, do you fuck around a bit? Do you talk to people to try to do some crowd work so you could work on your improv skills? Or are you like, look, I, I wrote some stuff. Let me see if I can at least perform what I wrote first. And then I'll, like, what is your mindset? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, the I do, you know, I keep the stand-up and the sketch really separate. Okay. And I'm because I'm so green at this, a big part of my focus this year has been 
focusing on my material. And so you're not fucking with the crowd. I'm doing a little bit of crowd work when I know I have a, a bit that lends itself to it, but but trying to figure out when when it's not necessary and when it's just wasted time. Like there's there's a lot of times where you'll interact with a crowd and it's like, hey, that wasn't funny, nor did that serve a purpose in the set. Yeah. So now you're just wasting time. So figuring out how to use the audience to actually garner laughter and to my advantage versus just having it for the sake of having it. So crowd interaction, something I've I've played with a little bit in my set, but the priority this year has really just been getting material together and like rewatching my footage, being like, okay, this one landed, this one didn't. How can we reframe this so that it's funnier? Where's the punchline? Take this line out. Like really cleaning up the material. I think I've got on stage this year maybe a total of like. I don't know, 15, 20 times since January, let's say. Oh, you got a big year ahead of oh, you. Oh, yeah, no, and it's not Now that you're free? Enough. No, no, but it makes sense because you also weren't free. Yeah. Now that you're free, goddamn. Oh, well, no, now that I'm free, it's like I need to be gigging yeah. multiple multiple times a week at minimum, at two drink minimum. Yeah, um, <laughs> at minimum, you got to be, no, for no, real. it's like every night, but, you know, if you can get stage time, which is That's tough in this city. It's tough in this fucking yeah. city, and a lot of the, you know, the thing is a lot of the mics, you're going to have more fun with the people there mm -hmm. than you will the crowd, because sometimes you'll go somewhere, and there'll be five people, and three of them are friends of one of the comics. Exactly. But at least you're getting the reps in, but yeah. you're having fun just fucking around with no, the guys. No, but it's and, just getting on stage anywhere yeah. that they'll, but like when I was living in New York, some of our clients, would, you know, they're gigging three times a night. Because they have the stage time yeah. and they're they're just hopping on these shows. It's like, okay, well, I got a set at nine and then another one at midnight and then you know tomorrow I'm doing a seven and a and a nine and a twelve or whatever. And you're like, okay, I, I mean, even if I hustled every, if you know, I support hundred percent of my time into just getting stand up gigs. I don't know if I'd be able to secure more than five in a week, you know, in Montreal. It makes me that's the only thing that made me jealous about the New York scene. Obviously, yeah. some of the comics are there. That makes me jealous too to work with them. There's a For lot sure. of, but that made me so jealous it's that sad. they couldn't. Like, you know what? I'll do three three spots now. Like, yeah. fuck, man. If I could get three a three week. And, yeah. So I think Toronto is a little bit better at that. Obviously, it's a bigger city. So proportionally speaking, there's a little bit more leeway there. But, yeah. you know, Toronto has a pretty booming comedy scene and it's Anglophone, all of it, right? So compared to Montreal, where... Because I think if you if you were performing in French... Oh, there's... I started doing yeah. French. I started translating so my smart, bits. You're smart. You're smart. Because there's there's such a market for it here. But Huge market plus I have an advantage. Yeah. Because the mic, they already know me. I 100%. have that... So, like, I did a spot uh, two nights ago at the Bordel. Mm, nice. And they knew who I was when I got up. So, I, you already have that... You already have that little tie-in. You win. Because if you're brand new, the, you have to spend a minute getting them to know who you are. Mm -hmm. Getting them to trust you. Plus, I have an accent. Mm. So, it, it's already difficult. But the fact that they already know who you are, it makes it easy. So, I figured... Mike was telling me, he's like, there's so much... Then you you're know, smart to capitalize on that. Yeah, though. just do both. You speak both languages. Fucking do both. It's, it's Right? Because it's my, my jokes. I'm just translating them. No, no. It's not like I have to work on anything new for the French. There's some stuff that I'll add in French that I think it's funny. But in general... I could just translate my jokes. I work on them in English. I think in English. Yeah. And then you could you speak fucking French. You could do French too if you want to. I could, mais genre, tu I have to first get my English bit down, and yeah, then I can, you know what I mean. But then you could translate that shit. There's an opportunity. I'm not closed to any. Like I'm open to all of it. I think I'm just excited to get my life started in this new chapter. You know. I'm excited for you. It feels. It, Thank it, it, you. It's it's just to see someone who. You know, you're going to go, th but you've kind of already gone through it, but just you're, you're stepping into this world. And it's fucking, I'm telling you, it's very gutsy. It's 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 a grind, man. It's a grind because there's fucking barely any money to make. Oh, no. I You know, I was telling um, a manager today I was on the phone with, and uh, he's a Canadian manager, and I told him, you know, it's my last day. He goes, no, don't do it. Stay where you are. Yeah, you're going to starve. I told him, I was like, listen, buddy, it's a long time coming. I've been considering it. He's like, well, I hope you get compensated properly, you know. He's <laughs> like... You know, I know it's a grind. I believe I've seen it. I've seen it. You know what I mean? But I think it took me six. How long did it? 
it took me till I guess like last year to be able to just do comedy and comedy related stuff, make Full money time, from yeah. yeah podcasting, writing, and stand up. Yeah, it's the it, it took that long. Yeah, and no other job could you intern at for that long and not be called an insane fucking person. One hundred percent. Right. So it's very difficult. Yeah. But I feel like you're in, you're in good hands at least. You know Thank what the fuck you. you're doing. I have an idea of what I'm doing. I also I also think there's a lot of opportunity for women right now. There's as you know like a lack of generally across the board I mean there's a lack of women in comedy it's a male dominated industry yeah. and I think as a woman there's a little bit of an advantage to distinguish yourself and your voice because they're busy cooking they're, bu- they're busy cooking <laughs> they're busy cooking delicious meals that's what happened in this city I think you have an advantage too there's not that many it's it's a yeah, lot left but that's it they're hard to come by and you know it's just such it's such a, a male dominated industry that especially as a woman especially as a woman in Canada there are actually quite a few opportunities um there's a lot of networks that are really looking to meet their quotas and diversify their programming. No offense, but there's a you know they're trying to steer away from like the straight white male. They're, I know I lived it for years. Know, so. It was preventing me from doing exactly. all kinds of shit. So it's it's even harder for straight white male quote unquote to distinguish themselves in comedy, and I get that, but it's also been dominated by that demographic for so long. Take advantage of what the fuck yeah. you can. And the other advantage I think you have is yeah I know that obviously they're trying to look to add more women, yeah. but also you are. You, you're, you're a funny person You know what I mean well, So it helps Because there are a lot of comics Who fit a, a quota mm. But they're not funny And then all that does I Is just, it garners resentment Within the community and, But yeah. I don't give a fuck That this person's X, Y, Z Or whatever they're, they're, a box or Yeah whatever. they're not, they're not yeah. funny though yeah. How about if they're funny They could be a giraffe I don't care Yeah no, I'm with you on that. And actually, from, from where I've been sitting in the booking seat for so long, obviously I've seen a little bit of that over the years. But It's going to happen. You know, you can't, you can't win them all. I wonder how that, I wonder the thought process of someone who's like, they have two candidates. Yeah. And like, there's too many of this. Yeah. But even though he or she is funny, too many of this. Grab the unfunny fucking giraffe. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a tough kind of conversation, I think. Even if somebody's less funny than another, there is a very real need and importance for representation, no matter which way you slice it. I don't know. Some, I think some of it's exaggerated. Remember the um, what they were saying about the poster? Uh, over the, It was this summer, I think. The Just for Laughs, the main poster that had a lot of the big names, um, they were saying, how come there's not enough, I think, LGBTQ representation? Or why isn't it 50% this? I don't know if you remember. It was. I don't remember hearing that chatter. Like, it's also maybe didn't necessarily get back to me. Maybe it's something that, you know, artists were talking about amongst themselves. Well, most artists thought it was ridiculous because the percentage that they were talking about, it was in an article. But the percentage mm-hmm. they wanted didn't make sense because, like, it should be 50% this. But then it's like the global population or North America, the population of whatever you want doesn't account to 50%. So if you wanted, you would have to actually remove gay comedians from the poster to make it actually represent... The, the demographics of North America. So it was just dumb. It was just nonsense to say yeah. we need more of X, Y, Z. Look, people are very quick to judge, and that's okay. The public is allowed to formulate their own opinions and have their own perceptions. I can say very confidently with like complete honesty that diversity is a very big topic at JFL. It's something that we are considerate of. I don't think people necessarily understand and realize how difficult it is to secure talent from all you know demographics and it sounds almost impossible you don't think we've sent you know offers to like 
everyone that we yeah, want. And how many of them say no? Scheduling conflicts. And then you got to fucking balance it up. It's yeah. so, so difficult. So especially when you're dealing with a lack of representation, as it is, there's less women. As it is, there's less LGBTQ you know, community members. Yeah, the pool as is, is even smaller. So the smaller, pool is yeah. smaller. And then to you're not going to secure everyone you send an offer to. So naturally, we're going to be left with... We're going to scrap as yeah. much as we can together. But... Like, certainly there's been a very concerted effort to be inclusive and be diverse. And actually this year for the first time, maybe, I don't know if it's ever or if we just brought it back, probably ever though, but we did our first like real LGBTQ showcase. And we had three, three all gay comic lineups in Off JFL, which I booked all of them. And I was so happy. Wanda Sykes did an appearance on one of them. Like, I like Wanda Sykes. It was amazing. And, and I was really happy to have that inclusion in the programming because it's about time and it was overdue, but I'm glad we did it. And so, look, people are always going to judge no matter what people the People are always going to bitch. But you know, you could make it. You could make it all gay. Somebody straight people are gonna, you know, bitch. You can make whatever you want. Yeah. There's always gonna be bitching. But that's, that's what the, I learned. But until you're a booker and you understand what goes into it, you'll never fully understand the, you know, the difficulties that come with it. Here in the city, it's difficult if you don't want to repeat yourself to book a good show mm -hmm. with different people because mm -hmm. you might book the best one night in the set. You know, it, just that is difficult. Yeah. Imagine having to fill extra quotas. Mm, well, you should add, you know, two women. Or one gay guy. You need a Greek guy. You can't not have an Italian. You can, it, it, it would drive me fucking crazy. Yeah. It would drive me fucking crazy. Yeah. So I don't know how as a company. It's a challenge. Not just you guys. It's a oh. challenge to curate. To curate a festival lineup. For everyone. It's no easy feat. You can't just look at a menu and pick who you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's relationships. It's nuancing. You have to... People have to be happy and want to want to come to the festival. It's it's tough. It's tough Do to people curate. still bitch at you guys like internally, let's say within the comedy world? Like, why am I not there? No, if anything... I mean... There's always going to be bitching for sure. I'm not going to say no across the board. Obviously, there's people that you know can be unhappy at some circumstances, but um, no, for the most part, like I continue to witness a lot of enthusiasm and eagerness to come to the festival. And if people don't get an invitation one year, I think a they know okay, great, I'm on their radar. We'll still maybe consider you for another one of our festivals around Canada. And also, it's just a matter of like maybe you're not ready and keep keep us in the loop and let us know how you're developing and you know we do we do try and keep a, you know keep a record of who we've booked and who we want to go after and fostering talent is important and you know the new faces is a big thing too we want yeah. them to come back and so you know people don't necessarily bitch i think it's more like you're not going to bitch if you don't get you know uh, an emmy or whatever it's like i'm, I'm lucky to have this invitation i've been like, bitching you know, about my yeah. lack of emmys for yeah, years exactly <laughs> But you know, I think for the most part, people are grateful when they get an invitation. But you know, obviously, we can't we can't book everyone. Well, you gotta oh, be selective. We too. Can't fit everyone. What about? I have a question. Maybe you know about this. Um, so it's growing. The festival's growing. Uh, it's in different cities now across Canada. Yeah. I thought that maybe the headquarters was gonna move and start going to Toronto. Mm. Like that's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like the logical step. Uh, people in the city might get mad at me for saying that, but the logical step seemed like going to the bigger city. Mm. Um, not that I wanted to happen, but yeah. it just. It's it confused me that it still hasn't happened, and I, I kind of feel like if the French scene wasn't as like Juste pour rire would separate, mm. there would be no reason for just for laughs to stay, and they would just fuck off and go to Toronto. Not that I want it to happen no, again. I, I love it here. Saying. It's just I'm thinking about it from a business standpoint. I was like, why don't you just go there? Yeah, from a business perspective, your your logic is not flawed in terms of Toronto being a business capital in our country and being the center place for a lot of that. People have a lot more expendable income too. You're not wrong on that front, but Montreal's been the flagship for 38 years now. So you feel like it would just feel weird? It would get, get rid of the aura? Just for Laughs is synonymous with Montreal. Yeah. Our Toronto Festival is only, what, six, seven years old now. Vancouver's only about five years old. I don't take either uh, of them seriously yet. <laughs> well, the other thing is Toronto has a, has a much different um, image and branding than the Montreal Festival. We don't 
we don't aim to book the exact same festival. It's, yeah. It is it is a more fan-geared festival. Montreal's a more industry-geared festival with a lot more programming and diversity. Um, not diversity, but I just mean programming. There's so much more The to programming from. diversity yeah. is huge. That, yeah, it's, yeah, it's massive. I mean, you a- know... Everything you want from, from podcasts, yeah. Exactly. Anything, yeah. So Montreal really is the headquarters, and for that reason, I don't think it'll ever really move, nor, nor would I want it to. Um, Montreal in the summertime is positively the best city ever. And having JFL in the city during the summer is just the most wonderful thing. Um, It attracts so much tourism. And it's it's something that a lot of us look forward to. And I'm like, as a Montrealer, proud to have it here. Um, It's an international brand. And it's right in our hometown. And I'm like fucking proud. So you don't think we're going to lose it is what I'm saying? I don't think so. Okay, that's plus, good. Plus, don't forget, we are uh, we got sold to like Avenco and Bell this year, so. But Bell is, is Canadian, so if they wanted to, they could have... I mean, they could do anything they want, the owners. But the truth is, I don't. I don't know what the benefit would be necessarily to moving it. We have our we have our footing in Toronto. Yeah, exactly. We have our footing in Vancouver. Montreal's the headquarters. So We're, that makes me happy then, because yeah. it's one of the things. Like I said, I don't want it to happen. Yeah. But you know, in the back of my mind, I think about it. A lot of stuff moved to Toronto. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, that would be really shit if we lose. I mean, I hadn't. I haven't heard any any chatter conversation about it. Yeah. Like this is kind of new to me. The thought of even that happening. I, I hate that. I'm the guy who puts it in the no, fucking it's fine. I can't in the speak, universe, yeah, and I, then it happens. I get blamed for it. But uh, I Bru- can't speak for them. But, but also, I don't th- like people would fight. Like Bruce Hills is a proud Montrealer. Mm-hmm. He's not. Uh, we're just not going to be like, all right, first chance we get to move, let's move. So I feel like if they wanted to move to Toronto, they would have by now. But I really, I just, yeah, it seems like an arbitrary kind of move yeah, to make. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, again, like I really cannot speak for the company, and and I'm not privy to. Yeah, I'm not saying that I have inside information. Yeah, I was just yeah. looking at it. And I was like, fuck, now that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a possibility. Also with the French scene, with what had happened when they were trying to separate themselves from, uh, like, the what's his name? Fucking Lausanne. Oh, Lausanne, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't even know this guy. I didn't even know he existed. And they were talking about, you know, just for laughs and sexual harassment. I was like, I don't think a lot of people on the English scene, like, especially comics, even know him. I don't know why just for laughs is in the same mix. Because I honestly, as, as into comedy I am and into just for laughs, I never even heard of this fucking guy because I was on the French scene. So it really didn't touch us in the sense that he didn't harass any... English people or anything like that at all. It didn't have anything to do with the higher-ups at Just for Laughs. As far as I know, no one at Just for Laughs on the English scene was part of that, you know? So it was it was weird for me when that had happened and they were yeah. implicating Just for Laughs. I was like, it's kind of two different fucking companies. I've never heard of this guy. I can appreciate... You could have heard of him because you were in Well, both. no, I appreciate your perspective and it's an honest one and, you know, that's, that's, a, that's an honest uh, per- perception of events. I don't want to comment too much on this, but I will say that um, just for Laughs and Just Boil are one company. Even if we operate different festivals and different events within the same umbrella, we are still one. And I am very close with my colleagues on, on the Just Boil side. I do know artists on the Just Boil side. Some of them, you know, are in touch with the Just for Laughs team as far as the festival goes and whatnot. So, regardless of who Rozon allegedly did or did not affect, um, essentially, we are one family of Just Boil, Just for Laughs, and that's why everyone was affected in that capacity it's we're all working under the same umbrella under his leadership previously so yeah listen. questionable leadership let me tell you from what i but the, again i you knew because you were that's what i'm saying you knew because you were in there that's why you knew them but from the outside i bet you if you ask a lot of american comics or, that came for just for laughs they would they'd be like who the i've never heard of this guy and it would be normal because mm-hmm. you wouldn't deal with them whereas like the guys that you deal with on our side mm. like fucking bruce hills these are good. These are good, fun people. So that's why I remember when it happened. I go, yeah. 
this is a weird, like maybe they should discuss it in the paper, kind of separate a bit to know that these guys didn't, you know, they're not the same, you know, that, okay, it might be the same company, but you know, sometimes night shift and day shift, let's say don't meet, for example, yeah. in a company. So if in the day shift, somebody went in there, whipped his dick out, and I come in working the night shift, why am I getting blamed? I don't even know the day shift people. I mean, yeah, I don't know. The question of blame is, I'm, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not sure. It was a weird time is what I'm saying. It was a very, it was a very odd uh, series of events. It was an odd series of events. It was unfortunate. It was a drastic thing that happened in the history of the company. You know, we've rebounded since, and I'm very uh, proud of our new leadership, and I'm, I think that the company's in very good hands now with the new administration. Um, I'm... Uh, I, I don't necessarily want to comment on the Rosan situation. It's beyond me. Yeah, then you shouldn't do it. It's yeah, it's not it's not it's not a helpful topic for me personally. I not to uh, yeah, not no, to dismiss but you in any capacity. It's just it's really not my place to be commenting. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't yeah. looking for official. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah, JFL 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 yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, I was yeah. just asking you just so you could. I was more telling you how I felt on my end. Um, no, yeah, no, I don't mean to be dismissive. I'm just, um, well, no, there's, it's, 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 there's it's also a, limits to what you know and what you, you, know, you can't comment on something that you don't know the inner workings of. That, that would be lying, and then that would be weird. What it did was it propelled a uh, movement of awareness about sexual assault Which isn't in a bad the workplace. Thing. It's a very good Especially thing. Especially in a festival this size. Precisely. So I think, you know, more drastic efforts have been made to secure the well being of the artists and the staff and, you know, promoting awareness about that amidst the Me Too movement, which has obviously pervaded across the world now. Um, yeah, listen, it is what it is. I have nothing but good things to say about my colleagues and the people I personally worked with. So I'm saying, same. Um, including my, you know, my cohorts on the Just Pour Rire side of things. As for Lazon, I, I can't speak for that. I've never been, I, I can't speak for him personally because I've never met him. Right. Like I said, I didn't know he existed until all this stuff happened. But in terms of safety, yeah. Uh, the whole time that I've been around the festival, I've never felt unsafe in any capacity. No joke. Like in any, even though, you know, you're outside and there's so many people, not that they're, you know, expert, like we have military, they're nothing like that, but I never felt unsafe. I always feel like it's a, that carnival, you're a kid type of feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're at the fair. Yeah. I, never, I never feel unsafe. So they probably do a good job about that. No, Even though I it's mean, annoying yeah. to keep checking my fucking bag every time. Yeah, it's the but. city also. The city wants to make sure when you have that kind of influx of foot traffic that there's you know measures being taken. But I think when we're talking about safety, we're talking about more on, on a mental health level. Yeah, I, I, you know what I mean. But I mean, in yeah. general, across the board, I've never felt unsafe. Well, I'm at happy the to festival. hear that, Pantelis. I never <laughs> felt unsafe, considering the shit I say. Yeah. I never felt unsafe. Yeah, it's true. Eh? Yeah. No, but uh, listen, it's it's a hell of a company. It is, and it's crazy how yeah. it's grown. Yeah. If you think about it, yeah. like from just a local yeah. in, in Australia, I think it's not even like the last thing they're looking at. They're probably looking to expand fucking because Europe is a goddamn. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't actually work. I don't actually work on the Sydney Festival. Um, I really only focus on Montreal, Toronto and Vancouver. But I am aware that we have, you know, satellite events and, and festivals elsewhere. Australia is a big one and it's been growing and it's it's a wonderful festival and we got yeah. really good feedback this year which was yeah, awesome. That's what I heard. And you know we sh we shoot TV there too and it airs out in Australia so that's wonderful. Um, but I've also like seen like Just Pour Rire has a presence internationally. We've done stuff in yes, Belgium do, yeah. in uh, Switzerland. Switzerland. I think I remember seeing one in like Algeria if I'm not mistaken. People make mistakes. Agadir, yeah. People make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, no, no, but yeah, both. That's what, it's amazing that it started from here, mm, and they're both they're fucking. It, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. not a lot of us go out and do shit like that here. Well, not to mention the gags, which is really the most recognizable thing about JFL is the the pranks. Am I crazy, or is that the biggest fucking 
money-making scam ever. Because I see it every time on a, a goddamn airplane, they still have the gags on the air. It's everywhere. I was in Greece, and it's, it's on TV in Greece. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. And the wonderful thing about it, and the reason why I think it's so ubiquitous, is because it transcends cultural and language barriers. It's nonverbal, yeah. and it's hu- it's it's basic human, you know, humor. Yeah, just Everyone, awkward situations. It doesn't matter where you're from or what language you speak because there's no words. You can watch that, and no matter where you're from, you will find it funny. So that's why it has kind of been exported everywhere. It's like a mute uh, Kirby enthusiasm. Very awkward. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a bit cringy. <laughs> there's cringy pranks for sure, but it's. I think it does its part in spreading joy too. Like there's people who are less fortunate in the world who might see a glimpse of that on YouTube and be like, this brought a little bit of laughter into my day. Not to reduce the world's suffering to like being healed by a clip. I just Here you mean, go, Libyans. Yeah. Watch this. <laughs> I just mean <laughs> JFL does play a part in bringing laughter to the world. And that's also a big part of the reason I've wanted to be part of that company for so long and, and the comedy scene in general is because we as comedians contribute a lot to humanity yeah in sharing our points of views in sp- spreading laughter in uh, entertainment is such a fundamental part of like humanity right At, like co- like p- companies in the world spend an enormous amount of money on entertainment people spend a lot of money on entertainment for the sheer purpose that it is an outlet it's a it's a therapy yeah to- you're going to you're going to see you, you you build a connection with uh, with your fans like i have people who yeah they saw me from one podcast or another one and they started becoming fat and they started watching all my stuff that I have an actual connection with. Like, we'll That's talk, right. we'll send... Yeah, it, and it's just... From all over the world, you see different people and you... You you, you know, you're like-minded. Then they'll tell you something like, oh, thank you for posting this. You helped me get through this because of this joke or something like that. Yeah. And you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. I'm making more of a difference than I ever would have thought possible. Than you never possible. thought, exactly. N- it would never think, like, this, this joke about, you know, fucking X yeah. thing would affect someone so yeah. positively. It would, you know, rewire their brain into yeah. seeing something. Seeing a new perspective. A yeah. new perspective where they're not as sad about it because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I never... You, you never, in yourself, you never see that, yo, because you go through the motions. Yeah. So you never look at the big picture. When you're focusing you're right. so much on your career, on your set, on your stand, you know, it's like, yeah, you don't necessarily... But even me, like, as uh, an industry person working in the industry like I'll still see comics and I won't be shy to express to them how much I admire them and and it's not it's not a br- like an effort to brown nose and be no rub I, elbows it's really like a genuine you're really fucking funny and you need to know it and I'm telling you I just want you to know I think you are supremely funny and oftentimes it's the low level comics that I'm telling and when I say low level I just mean green yeah because not the yeah. not the big but I've heard you compliment people and it's it always feels it's, genuine it is genuine because yeah. the truth is I don't have patience for shit comedy yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? Which fuck after watching all <laughs> yeah, that shit you can't. But when I see people, I remember like like Ronnie Chang did the ethnic show a few years ago. I think it was 2016. And it was the first I had really seen him. Not that it was like he was necessarily new. He had been doing stuff in Australia and in the States for a while. But it was the first that I was exposed to him. And this was before he got Daily Show. So this was kind of a nice big debut for him at the festival to be doing ethnic show. It's the long run. And I remember watching him on stage. And like even the first or second night I saw him. And I just went, this guy is, I don't know what it is, but he just has something this guy's so fucking funny and smart. And I remember telling him after, and I was like, Ronnie, like, you are the bomb.com. Like, you are insanely funny. Like, I just want to let you know. And he was super appreciative. And then next thing you know, he gets Daily Show, and now he's doing about things, and a special just came out. And it's like, it's nice to see the people that you want to support actually do the things that they should be doing. 
but I just mean from an industry perspective, yeah. I've, I've appreciated being able to express my admiration for them directly because a lot of people don't have the opportunity necessarily to meet their idols or whatever. So it's nice to it's nice to be able to express that in person. Also, you can't if you're not in the industry sometimes or you're not involved at all. It might be weird for you to express that. Like if you're at a character, sure. I just want to tell you yeah. that. Like, get the fuck out Without of Without it coming yeah. across as yeah. like I'm trying, to, you know, I'm trying to like suck up or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's a it's not cool necessarily to try and like name drop and you know it depends on the person that's what I'm saying you some should... people are unapproachable yeah well, and then sure. some people are too approachable yeah. I find that I'm too approachable do you? I find that I'm too people have been telling me stop fucking talking to people cause I'll t anybody who comes up to me they're like hey uh, you know I watch this can I get a photo of this and I'm like fuck yeah let's do this but then people are like, why do you keep doing that? What if someone's fucking crazy? But I can't help it because you're talking to me. You clearly know me. But part of that, Pantelis, could also be a big reason why it's contributed to your success. It's oh, you know maybe. being a man of the people and being able to like, yeah, I'm a regular person and I appreciate your support and you should know that it's appreciated. And I am like, a regular person. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like if you're approachable, it's also could t potentially be a big part of the reason why your, your fans are so loyal and so dedicated. They relate to you. I like them. And you don't have a, you know, a snobbiness to you. No, I, I like them. And em. that'll come when yeah. you're very, very famous, but for the, <laughs> yeah, for the time fun. being, you can humbly, you know, embrace it. I don't know if it'll, because I don't, I don't have, um, you know, you have aspirations, you have goals. Like, you know, now you're starting the, the comedy career, you have goals. I never, I don't have the goal. I've said this, man, like, I don't, I don't, I don't care about being famous. Mm. I just want to be able to make comedy, yeah. do stand-up, write, all that stuff, and, and, and make money at yourself. it. Support, I don't mean minimally, for sure, I'd like to make good money doing it, but I don't want to, I, don't, I never want the goal to be the fame. Cause, no, no, cause that's, I've used that's this an example. artificial goal, yeah. You could be, if I want right now, yeah. I, I won't do it, but I'll go to, on fucking St. Lawrence Street, whip my dick out, cameras will come out, yeah. I'll be famous. Yeah, you'll be famous. But it for the won't, wrong for reason. the wrong reason. So you could get you know. It, but it, I I rather be the guy that you know I'm happy because like fuck I got to write I got to do stand up I'm happy doing what I'm doing I don't have to work a job that I hate. Yeah. You know that's all I want. No, and that should be the goal. Yeah. Because once you're doing that for the right reasons, the money will follow. Yeah, everything else comes. It'll follow. follow it's like little that's puzzle it. pieces. But the most important thing I think is following your gut, and I think that's what I've discovered is I need to I need to do what my soul is telling me to do which is get on stage. Wait, what's the plan? Okay, so you're going to, you're going to go on stage. That's not that's not an issue. We're going to get you fucking stage time. You're in the city. Everybody likes you. Thanks. Uh, but what's your do you have a goal like look, I want to start my own I don't know podcast. I need a YouTube channel to put on sketches. I'm going to practice stuff. I'm going to get my friends together, film shit. I have a fucking studio right here where we film one of my YouTube shows. Very good to know. So, yeah. Thank so you. like is that what you're thinking? Like what's or you're just going with the flow? No, I um no, obviously my background, having worked on it in the industry for so long, has given me the tools to understand what you know I need to lay things out. And I'm not just going about it willy nilly because I don't think that's a smart approach. It's a and terrible approach. To leave my very secure, great job to go do this, you yeah. know, have to be fucking crazy. So you know, obviously I have um, I have goals and milestones that I'd like to achieve, but I do think a lot of it it requires being flexible and going with the flow while still being cautious and having a plan. Um, I've had my hand in a lot of different projects for a very long time, so a big part of my agenda for the next year is to take those to the next level so um i actually started a podcast with my best friend monica who is also a jfl employee who is also leaving today. to do comedy correct today also today also. god damn yeah. it so we're, we are i mean her focus is less stand-up and more writing and producing but she and i write on and collaborate on a lot of things too and anyway we started a podcast last year and it is 
such a rough like we put out three episodes and it and like we don't have experience and background in like audio editing and it's like the audio quality is like garbage but let me ask you a fucking question you know me you know how long I've been doing this yeah. why don't you fucking send me a message to anybody I always tell them in the city whenever they want to start a podcast just reach out I'll fucking you. help you guys out well maybe I'll take you up on that yeah I've been doing it for so long I know all the tricks you, you don't have to well no but that's just yeah. it so now that I now that I'm gonna have the time to do this I'm going to want to collaborate with people like you. I'm going to want to bring it to the next level. So the next episode we record, I want it to be top notch. Goddamn so, right. And I believe in the content. And even the first few episodes, they're like rough around the edges, but they're fundamentally the the angle and the tone and the voice we want to be communicating. So I was like excited about them regardless. And it was just nice to have it out there. Um, just a shameless plug. It's called Wow, yeah, another podcast. Wow. It's called Wow, another podcast. Wow, another podcast. Funny. Loosely inspired by my friend Mark, who says Wow a lot in it, in his immigrant Italian accent. Wow, okay, Wow, Wow. So we started okay, wow, bro. wow, okay, Wow, fucking Wow, guy, man. <laughs> so like you know, fucking guy, Wow, okay. So Are you sure he's Italian? He's fucking, Sounds autistic. No, he's fucking Italian, man. Okay, Wow. So we kind of took that and ran with it, and the podcast is essentially about all the different things that make us go Wow. Oh, okay. So there's a fucking theme to yeah. it. It's not just you guys shooting shit. It is a shooting the shit, but with a structure of how does this tie into wow? So the term wow is one that we are coining now, thanks to Mark Chartrand. But essentially, we'd like to be able to talk about whatever we want and using wow as a platform to do that. So it's like you can say wow in five different ways. And if you say wow versus wow, it means two different things. And here's how it relates to this episode. So the first episode we did was on the Fire Festival when that documentary oh, came that out. Oh, that was terrible. And that was like, okay, wow, fucking Fire Festival, man. Okay. And then the second episode we did was on um, concert etiquette, like how to behave at concerts, because people just don't get it. You know, so we went through the different motions. Yeah, of like, like sit the fuck down. If you yeah. look, if you're on the floor, you could stand up. That's but if you're in your goddamn seats, sit the fuck down. Sit the fuck down, yeah. right? You got seats, don't, asshole. Don't film. Don't film the concert on your iPad. Just enjoy it. Don't do on that on your iPad. Yeah, don't That's take an best. iPad and film. Don't do that. That's the we best. don't need to see it. Yeah. Don't bring uh, homemade food in a Tupperware and eat it at a concert. I've don't never seen that. this. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen I've seen a guy eating fucking tabbouleh at Metropolis. Okay? Look, I'm tell you one thing. As stupid as it sounds, at the same time, sounds like a great fucking idea. If you got a good meal, you bring it in there. Sure, but it's problematic <laughs> for the rest of your. The guy's like, I'm, look, I'm on a diet. He's there with his fucking uh, boiled chicken yeah, breast, some broccoli. Yeah, legit. So yeah, I don't like people fucking stand up when they got seats. That's yeah, bullshit. Because then I'm sitting there like asshole. Yeah. If get I was on the 15, floor. I would have went on the floor. The reason I got paid for fucking seats is to sit and enjoy the goddamn show. So you get it. Yeah, and also wow. the t- filming. It never look. You ever you you might film a second or something like this is happening. I'm here. You share it. You ever try to film a fucking concert and then watch it later? It's unwatchable. Precisely. And who the fuck is watching it? Yeah. Like, why would you? You're yeah. never gonna look at this. It's a waste of space. Or you're gonna delete it later. You're just r- ruining your concert going experience. Just, just YouTube your favorite artist and you'll it's find way a better, better video. Exactly. Way better. Yeah. And also, this is a goddamn song. You've heard it a million exactly. times. Exactly. It's, it's not going to be better because you archived it on your smartphone. So I, I like where yeah. you're going with this. So like, yeah. thank you. So so my podcast is definitely something I'd like to elevate, and Monica's on board, and you know we're gonna we're gonna try and put it out weekly and do it properly. So that's kind of one of the agenda items. Um, I also do voiceover work, which I've been doing for a long time. How's that? So I love voiceover, and I have done a couple of contracts here and there, but I do work um, on a like a pretty occasional basis with TV5 doing described video. In French? In English. <gasps> yeah. So described video is, you know, it's exciting for me in the sense that I'm in the studio and I'm doing voiceover work and I'm getting paid to do it. But describe it is but that like... a little monotonous. Peter yeah. lifts up the cup. Is it like that? It's literally it's that. It's like ASMR stuff? I mean, I'm not like ASMR, like in the mic. Oh, you have to whisper in ASMR. No, no. Yeah, I think, well, I, th- I think ASMR is just like... 
like soothing sounds. Oh, yeah. It's, I keep thinking yeah. something else. Yeah, it's yeah. like stimulating sounds. I keep thinking it's just describing something like extremely. Well, describe video. I mean, it's not ASMR, but describe video is essentially what you just said. It's describing what's going on in the action in between the dialogue. So there's. you got to rush. Yeah, well, I have a time code that I have to respect and I have to read the lines in a certain, you know, manner in a certain time frame. Peter, let's look up. <laughs> well, sometimes they'll say very fast. I'm like, Peter, let's look up. You know, or it'll be... You do have a voice yeah, for it. Yeah, oh, thank you. So say, um, <clears throat> Peter has me on the podcast today. You know, um, we, he looks down at his computer. It, it's it's the oh yeah, you do have a voice for it. Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank I never you. thought of that was fucking hilarious. So, so it's like I get a little bit of a creative outlet, but really my dream is to do voiceover for animation. Like I'd yeah, love fucking voice, cartoons. And I'd shit. love to voice cartoons and characters. Um, so I'd like to take that to the next level. And then I have a million and one ideas for sketches that I want to produce, and I'm gonna put them on Instagram or put them online. And you're gonna put them on fucking YouTube. On is YouTube, what you're gonna do. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're gonna you're gonna make videos also for Instagram TV. Exactly. But YouTube's gonna be your main thing because yeah. you can share it with everyone. Exactly. You're gonna get together with your fucking friends. Yeah. You're gonna make these videos. You're yeah. gonna start your YouTube channel. Yeah. You're gonna start sharing, and you're gonna let it grow. And you're gonna have like you could do what Saturday Night Live does. Well, you well, know, to a certain capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. on it on uh, YouTube, everyone fucking nobody stop me. That's something I keep telling people. As long as you have an idea, mm-hmm. you could get it out there now. Mm-hmm. We have all the technology up until our overlords at Google decide yeah. we could all go fuck ourselves. Exactly. But until that time comes, you can share all this stuff. Precisely. And we're living, I think this like this is the best possible time to be doing this. It would have been so much harder to try and do this 10 years ago even. As a lady? Yeah. Well, Oof, a lady especially. Would have been very difficult. Yeah. So yeah. Who so taught you how to read? And it would have been, it would have been trouble. It would have been trouble. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, we're moving towards a more, um, a brighter future. Yeah, we're for, fine here for it's, gender equality. I, no, in North America, I we're, we're, you could pretty much do whatever the fuck you want. Like as long as you avoid the backwoods, you don't go to some hick place. You can do whatever the fuck you want. No yeah. one's gonna stop you. But I'm telling you, because we have the studio here too. Yeah. Fucking, that's that's what it is now. If you have the talent, yeah. You fucking make that's these great. goddamn sketches online. Well, thank you. Do you remember when? Um, What's his name? The Lonely Island guys? Mm-hmm. Remember when they first started in 2007 and stuff? Mm-hmm. All that shit went viral. Then they, one of them went mm-hmm. on uh, SNL. Mm-hmm. forgot what his name Andy was. Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. Funny dude. Yeah. Remember? So, I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Yeah. Don't you ever forget. I'm on a boat, bitch. Yeah. I remember that. I got my sunscreen and my flippy floppy. Laser cats. <laughs> all that stuff. But again, people, then a lot of people copycat and tr- mm-hmm. tried it. And yeah. now I guess it died down because there was so much of it going on well, online. Well, Lil Dicky and everyone, you know, and even Macklemore to some extent has done kind of comedic videos let us not taint this uh podcast you're right with, you're with, right sorry sorry with talks bad. of macklemore i'll go fuck myself <laughs> uh, but uh yeah i, I like little dicky no he's funny he's yeah great. he's hilarious but, but he's more of a rapper i yeah. consider him a real rapper no lo- yeah lonely island's obviously comedy driven yeah jizz in my pants was probably my favorite one or dick Fucking in a box dick in dick a box dick in a box that was, ju- was yeah. and they had a trilogy i think it was dick in a box they had another one they yeah. brought uh, lady gaga in on yeah. one of them justin timberlake i think yeah, yeah. No, that's just fucking great. hilarious they're great but that's not, you could do that yeah nobody can stop you yeah no i have a ton of ideas and it's just years and years of notes in in my phone waiting to be you know brought to life so I'm excited. And then there's like a slew of a bunch of other things I do also. Do things side. differently. You have yeah. any like blackface content? Because no <laughs> one's doing that shit now. You <laughs> can <laughs> 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 pioneer. <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly where my head's at. But, How uh, funny you that know. The first video is you Imagine in blackface. Whether, you just get a message look. from all your friends that just found, the fuck are you <laughs> you're, you're bad at business. You're mm, bad. God. <laughs> no one's doing this. No, no. This is a key demographic. No, you gotta be sensitive. Also, I mean, that's that's a real faux pas. Let's be honest. The blackface. Yeah, it depends who you are. Cause Jimmy Kimmel got away with it. When Jimmy Fallon, there's a he was Karl Malone. He dressed up as Karl Malone, oh, did all blackface. Must have been years and years ago. Not that many years ago. It's on the internet. Uh, Jimmy Fallon did blackface too. I think he was pretending. To, are yeah, you serious? he was making fun of uh, what was it, Eddie Murphy or something. Yeah, they've done it. Yeah, they've done. Wait. But 
I, you know, I guess it's because, well, they're also on late night TV, so you can't really fuck with these guys. They're, they do whatever they want. But also, context, I guess, and intent matter. Like, I don't know. I, right now, I wouldn't do blackface because of the social climate that we're in. There's no way you can tell someone that you're doing it without fucking with someone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I would ask Aber preach, and they'd probably tell me, no, bro, it's insensitive, yeah. so you can't do it. But um, they did it, and they still have their jobs, so... Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to pu- publicize my opinion, I don't think there's any room for blackface ever. That's where I stand on that. Well, unless unless you're black. Well, and that's the face you got. <laughs> sure, that's the hand you were dealt. I don't think. Uh, no, yeah, you a think... racially charged uh, humor is not my style. So, well, racially charged, you mean r- race? Uh, racist. Racist. Yeah, I mean like racist. something great. Yeah, yeah. Not, we could talk about race, but we, we shouldn't be racist. Is what you're saying? Yeah, and I don't want to say, yeah, I mean, obviously don't be racist. Um, but <laughs> like, like to say that, like, obviously, obviously, in case, someone's, in case yeah. someone's taking notes, how to do comedy, and now they're putting an X on it, like, really? No? Okay. It no. doesn't mean you can't make jokes about race. No, you can it make jokes. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, be, um, it doesn't mean you can't, you can't be unpopular in a joke that you're trying to tell as long as it's crafty and has purpose. There you go. So I don't, I, I, I think that there's a big, um, especially, actually, especially in light of Mike Ward, for example, yeah. censorship is such a big topic of conversation. Yeah, but there is also a difference, I, I get what you're saying, because there's a difference of you being censored because your joke is... Um, is offensive. Offensive, as opposed to you going out there and just saying racist Gratuitous shit. hate yeah. speech. Exactly. So there's a difference between gratuitous hate speech and racism and telling a joke that will be offensive but has purpose and is done with grace or elegance or tact or 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 intelligence even. Non-gratuitous hate speech. Hate speech with a limit. It's a little lime with on a it. Limit. I a think little. I think that comedy... What is hate speech though? Because I always have trouble I always have trouble inciting inciting um, violence, ro- violence or ro- okay, and wrongful that, that, action that I, that I agree with. against a, a targeted you know group. Because um, I read a story about a doctor in the UK now who's trying to say that uh, well, she I guess um, was saying uh, nerd and geek should be considered hate speech. And I was like, you know what? Can somebody give this fucking nerd a wedgie? Because uh, there also needs to be limits to like censorship, and I don't know. Comedy should be a platform for people to say what they want, but people still need to understand the impact of their words. You know, you know. I imagine, I imagine every time um, a demographic that's gone through some shit hears something like that, they just fucking lose it. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hate speech. Are you yeah. fucking crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what hate speech is. Yeah. It's like a nerd. It hurts my feelings. I don't know. Nerd and geek, it seems like a pretty umbrella term to me. Yeah. It's like, really? And also, you could call me a nerd. I don't yeah. give a shit. I don't, yeah. I'll be a nerd. There's no, like... I'm kind of nerdy. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's maybe a little bit exaggerated, but then again, yeah. it depends on the circumstance, the context. It's the goddamn sensitivity of the people. Yeah. You're gonna, I don't think you're going to deal with it because you, you don't really... You don't really offend people, you know what I mean? Like you're, you do your thing, you're happy, you're, you're not an offensive person. So, but you never know. Sometimes you'll, David Pride has offended people. Yeah, see, I find that surprising. Which is the most shocking fucking. I mean, thi- I've seen him a hundred times. He's so funny. Like, he's probably one of the smartest he's comics so we have. So funny. Good, and he's a good dude, and his yeah. stuff is 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 wholesome. Let's say it's there's nothing crazy about it. So he when when he, someone can get offended by him saying something. You know that we're reaching a weird level here where everyone's like, 
I need an excuse to be offended. Well, it's like hypersensitive. A yeah, I gotta bit. be a victim. I gotta. If be you're offended at David Pride, I don't know how you're leaving your house. Yeah, and like you know what I mean. And he's so good. He's so funny. He's he's a gentleman. He's such a gentleman. If he wanted to, he could tackle crazy offensive shit and make it less offensive. That's how good he is. Mm-hmm. And you have to be good at that. Mm-hmm. You have to be because I know people. I've seen you're gonna see on the open mic scene. There's people who they go on stage and mm-hmm. you're like. Oh that's, no! I've been seeing this year, Ethan. I'm like, like I, I know what you're trying to do. It's just not landing. Yeah, you're like, that's not a joke, bro. That's just, yeah, bro, bro. That's just racism. That's, wow. <laughs> you can't open with the end bomb, bro. Like, <laughs> there's no, there's no joke here. Well, that I mean, that's a whole like, other level. But. I'm an edgy comedian. Oh, but this is gonna be so much. Edgy this is so exciting comedian. watching this through your eyes. Get in there, and you're gonna get upset a lot, but you're gonna have fun. Thank you. I but, appreciate your support and encouragement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, you're gonna. I'm gonna help you guys get your podcast to a level that you want to get it at. Thank you. Are you everywhere on the podcast? Like iTunes, all that shit. We're on iTunes and Spotify. You gotta get on Google too. You gotta get everywhere because some people don't have goddamn iTunes. Well, that's why we need your help. Yeah, I have an Android phone. My phone myself, right? So I go on Google Podcasts. Should I switch to, should I switch to Android? No, no. Do whatever you're comfortable <laughs> with. I tell people. Also, uh, laughable. That's yeah. an app with all the comics yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like you go on Laughable, you could click me, and then you see all my appearances and whatever podcast I'm doing. So it's easier mm. to track your favorite. I'm gonna help you all this shit. You gotta get because it's you're, you're, the best. you're a brand now. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you have to real. treat yourself as a business. Yeah. No, no, that's what it is. I'm gonna you know roll up my sleeves and get my hands dirty in the new year. But uh, at least for the foreseeable future, I'm gonna chill the fuck out during Christmas and just yeah, relax it. and take my time to enjoy the last little bit of relaxation before I have to hit the ground running. It's gonna be fucking it's crazy. A grind, man. Plus, plus, you're starting at like the worst possible time in terms of weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The People aren't depressing. coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're gonna be fucking sad too because the weather. But it doesn't matter. You're gonna power through. These are gonna be memories. Yeah. You're gonna look back at this two years from now and you're gonna be like, God damn, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. But I lived it. Yeah, man. Either that or, God damn, what the fuck did I do? God damn, God But I think it's the first one. I think it's the first one. Sorry Bless you. That. Thank you very much. Sorry. Where are they going to follow you now since you don't have your site up and ready? Yeah. Where are they going to follow you on Twitter? I think on Twitter it's OG Benarush. I'm yeah, going to link it in the description. Oh, thank you. Yeah, right. I haven't, I'm, not, I'm not an avid Twitter poster, though. Maybe I will be. At least, you know, at the, at the very least, promote yeah. your stuff globally. Yeah. So if someone follows you on Twitter, but they don't have Facebook, yeah. they'll see that you have a gig here. That's why I, I like to try to give a bit everywhere, yeah. except for Snapchat. I have it for no reason. Fuck I've Snapchat. never used it. Fuck Snapchat. No. <laughs> I use it like once a year. It's so annoying. Yeah. That It was made for dick pics, yeah. for 15-year-olds to send dick pics. <laughs> so I don't know why we got on it as a platform. No, I, I, yeah, I never really got super on board with Snapchat. Um, I do story quite a bit. But yeah, no. Instagram's the shit right now. Instagram's great for that. And I, I think what I'm going to do is actually start posting some of my old stories because they, they archive on my account. But like because I don't promote my comedy or now I will start, but like haven't up until this point. Like I have all this stuff in the in the vault that needs to come back out. Is it funny? Yeah, it's good stuff. So it's like it's stupid shit. Like I'll dick around and, and put it on my story. And my friends will laugh or whatever. But that's it's like I'll, it I'll go on vacation and I'll like pretend to be like David Attenborough and be like, you're just fucking around. Yeah, that's you know, what we're the, here in the Vatican Square. And the Pope is walking around, and you know, like I'll comment on the statues, and, and you know, look at the wild ass, you know, roaming and you know, whatever, just stupid shit. Get on TikTok. Yes, that's what I'm hearing. TikTok is the new yeah, thing. It is complete garbage. Yeah. However, the biggest app out there right now yeah. is TikTok. Yeah. Um, and it's super addictive. Really? Yeah, like I, I downloaded it for, to fuck around. And then uh, like I'll, I'll spend an hour and I'll be like, what the fuck did I do? I just scroll through videos and mostly because it curates. Uh, it's not like the other uh, apps where it curates what you follow. Mm. If you want the default app, but in general, it curates what you watch longer and what you like. Interesting. So what ended up happening on mine now is I'll scroll through and it's all dogs uh, with like people <laughs> doing voiceovers of dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I realized last night, I was like, 
how many fucking dog videos are there? And then it's like, oh yeah, because it's the AI is curating to me. It sees that these are the ones that I stay on the longest. Yeah. So it just gives me dog shit. I love dogs too. Pencils. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really do. Uh, all yeah, right, okay, so TikTok. So oh. t- so TikTok fame. That's that's the aspiration. TikTok fame is your next yeah. goal. Uh, <laughs> it's not real fame, but it'll help. But it's nope, TikTok. Fame. But it's it's like Vine. Remember Vine? They became mm. stars. Yep. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. We've we've subsequently booked some of the people that got big as I, a result of Vine. I met one last year. She fuck man. Man and Matthews. Manon was her name. Yeah, I Manin. called her hello because I had seen some of her she's stuff because so she's super funny. So funny. Yeah, and I don't like Vine people normally. No. But I had seen yeah. when I saw her face, I was like, I was trying to, you know, when you try to place the person. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck Where do I know I this? Girl? You, yeah. And then yeah. I was like, oh shit, the, I remember her from Vine. This girl's funny. She's very funny. And I told her that. I said, you're yeah. very funny. Yeah. That's and then good. I walked away. She is very funny. I should have introduced myself. So yeah. she's like, what the fuck? Because she doesn't know if I'm a comic. And I just said, you're very funny. Yeah. I walked well, away. no, I had a, per- <laughs> a personal um, affinity for her. So she's nice, yeah. Monica and I put her on New Faces Creators because we're like, she needs people need to see her. Yeah, she was she was very uh, creative with all the shit she was yeah. doing on Vine. She was one of the few people that I liked. Yeah. Logan Paul, never liked that kid. Yeah, well, that speaks for itself. Never liked him. The Tick- Suicide Forest kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. However, now he's winning me over. Oh, yeah? A bit. Cause Are you he's, a gamer? No. But, well, I play games, but I'm not. It, I don't know if he's doing gaming, mm. but it's because he's been dealing with Tim Dillon a lot, and Tim Dillon oh, I think I is do. fucking so hilarious. So I do love Tim Dillon actually. He's, life. he's so funny. Yeah. He's <laughs> no, a good dude. Yeah, he's, he's a great yeah. guy. I spent a little bit of time with him in the last Toronto festival. So I never, you got to fucking meet him and hang out with him. Mm-hmm. You, you're one step ahead of yeah. me. No, but why? But you, okay. Well, I mean, I can introduce you if you want. Perhaps he's the, yeah. I like Tim Dillon a lot. Yeah, he's a, he's a fuck because he has balls. He's just he's just a, a great comic. He's a great he comic does what he thinks is funny. He's yeah. not like, oh, I'm scared to say what he's like. Fuck that shit. He thinks it's funny, and it normally is. Yeah. And so he fucking does it. I, I like people that they're still uh, courageous enough to be like, you know what? This is what I do. My goal is to be funny. I Because if you start second-guessing yourself, you can say a lot sometimes with material. Mm. The second you second-guess yourself, yeah. it affects your performance on stage. It affects your material. Yeah. Do it, and then let the crowd decide. Yeah. Sometimes no, you'll learn you, quickly. You'll learn quickly if... Maybe you're going too far over the line, or sometimes it's just a subject that you could make funny, but you're not doing it the correct way. And you learn from the crowd, like, mm, you should have put this later. It would have had less of a fucking, you know, uh, impact, like a less of a punch. You know, it would have, so you learn that. And him, he's super, he, did, he didn't give a fuck about offending people, mm. didn't give a fuck about, uh, you know, getting uh, deplatforming that. He's like, no, I'm just gonna do what I gotta do mm. to be funny. And it, it worked in his favor. Yeah. Everybody was sharing his videos, still yeah. do. Mm-hmm. His podcast, I subscribed. I know Emil, Emil's a huge fan. He told oh, me true. he can't, uh, it's his weekly thing. He has to listen to Tim Dillon's podcast. He's funny, Tim. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah. And he's a good speaker. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I won't say anything on Logan Paul because I, uh, Whatever. Well, anyways, I'm saying he's yeah. winning me over because they're hanging out a bit too, so I'm getting to know him in a different light sure, a bit. Yeah. More of a forgiving, like, hey, he's a kid doing stupid oh, shit. Yeah. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, like, it's he's still a suicide force kid. I don't like him. Yeah, exactly. But Tim, though, on the other hand. Cool ass dude. Good dude. Also, yeah. Schultz, since you mentioned it before. Yeah, well, I think Schultz is very, very talented. Goddamn right. He's very, very talented. He's, he's in the same vein of what you just described, of like saying what he wants to say without necessarily worrying about about public opinion it's i'm gonna take a risk and i'm gonna say what the fuck i want to say and it's going to be offensive but people are on board with it i didn't compliment any other comic at the festival even though i like them none of them except for him yeah because none of them because like you're all good but you're not me but him i went up to him i told him let me tell you something you're the fucking truth he crushed it yeah and he was like jesus christ because like, that's he was the only one i didn't want to yeah. compliment anyone else because there was yeah. good comments like okay whatever they're doing their thing but i had to let him know like god damn dude mm-hmm. you're just knocking out of the fucking park. Yeah. First of all, I got to see him that night where, where you're talking on, about on, yeah, on, bo- on the nasty show. I was there earlier to yeah, watch him go on to do his set. And he's one of the rarities. He's one of those guys right now that found his voice. He clicked, he locked in 
and he's fully loaded on himself and he's everywhere. He knows how to use platforms properly. Mm-hmm. Social media, th- it's a good tool that we have. Yeah. A lot of people don't use it. Yeah. He's, and, he's, and he was a super nice guy. Yeah, like, he's a good guy. Fucking, uh, there's nothing wrong I could say about the guy on yeah. his stand up or on how he is as a person. Yeah. So, and he supports Mike like fucking crazy. Well, that's it. He's, you know, he was, well, actually, when I was booking that show with Andrew, like a lot of the shows I book are kind of just, you know, multi comic and, you know, maybe less focused. But Andrew was like very, very invested in having the, a good lineup for his unsafe sets. And as you know, the theme and the purpose of the show is to say what the fuck you want. And we're going through all the comedians and I'm, you know, I'm pitching names and, you know, Rich Voss and the Lucas Brothers and this and that. And then, I like them too, by the Lucas Brothers are fucking cool dudes, man. man. They're great. (laughs) And then I remember, I was like, wait a minute. Andrew might not know Mike Ward, but like Mike Ward is fucking perfect for this show. And I was like, yo, do you, have you heard of Mike Ward? He's like, no, what's his deal? And I'm like, yo, you got to get this guy. And then I told him the whole story of like how Mike was chastised for his comments and and all the shit he's going through. Yeah. And then he was like, fucking get him on the show. And then not only, you know, was Andrew happy that he was on the show, but he was like that, that performance. That was a good fucking performance. But that was one of the magical moments I'm referring to that I've lived through at JFL with that show, with Mike on it, with Rich Voss on it, with the Lucas brothers, with, you know, it was just, and, and Andrew, like, at the helm, obviously, but. Uh, and Mike was, uh, I like, because Rich Voss was being a dick a bit. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike's like, why are you pretending, like, I have a real Rolex. He goes, mm. you're fucking fake Rolex. And you're, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Rich Voss's fucking face. Rich is so funny, though. Like, he, yeah, he, he gets, he gets all, oh, he's hilarious. He's good. Yeah. And I think his wife was around, too. Uh, also, I saw her yeah. on stage as well, yeah. So it was, yeah. it was a good fucking God damn, now that you're talking about it, it was a good fucking festival. Thank you. It was yeah. a great festival. I got to hang out with Barry Katz. I did a podcast with him. Oh, you did oh, it? Yeah. Industry Standard? No, oh, I, he came on my podcast. Oh, I had nice. to go to his fucking hotel room at 3 o'clock in the morning with the whole setup to do it. But nice. fucking Barry Katz. Well, that's pretty that's cool. The, that's the kind of people you're with now. Yeah, you get to hobnob with uh, Big Shots. Now you're on, on the same podcast as Barry Katz. Oh, my God. Yeah. And other guy that I liked years ago, Paul Provenza, was on here, too. Yeah, Paul's, uh, Paul used to do the show called The Green Room. I remember. Yeah. How the fuck come I haven't seen Paul for two years at the festival? Yeah, I mean, you know. Who's who's responsible for this? I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but no, Paul's obviously a friend of the festival and It's probably busy or something. Yeah, I don't know the reason, but uh, you know, it's like it's we got a every year it's a different crop of artists. We yeah. just have to, you know, keep it moving. Not the, you know, we love Paul. He's a friend of the festival, but He's a fucking you know, yeah. He's a good dude and he puts on a good show. Yeah, no, he's he's just uh, very talented and I, I smart. heard Mo Ammer do his shit the first time on a Paul's show that year, a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, he did the whole uh, doesn't have a passport thing. Mm-hmm. I was introduced because of Provenza because he brought me backstage. like, come watch the show. Yeah. And I was like, fuck this. I didn't know. There was a lot of people that he had there that I had never met. Yeah. I had never seen. Yeah. Uh, Aislin B, too. And I was like, B, yeah, yeah. And I was like, who the fuck are they? And they were fucking yeah. funny. Yeah. I was like, I'm glad that he introduced me. But all those stuff that he used to do, Great. It was a lot of good times for comics to talk. Bill Burr was on his show, all that. It was fucking amazing. Alonzo Bowden also yeah. had a lot of good things to say. Yeah, we I, had him on Two Drink Minimum. He was yeah, fucking, he's, he's a good dude, yeah. I love Alonzo. I don't know. I have a lot of affinity for a lot of the artists that I've met over the years, even if I don't know them personally. I yeah, me too. You just, yeah, you respect them, them and yeah. you just grow into uh, that. You grow respect and you grow into that. Now, especially you're in the community in a different way, you're going to see it. You can actually get to be probably on shows soon with people that you used to watch and used to like. Yeah. Well, I've been doing shows this year with a lot of those people. That I'm How like, does hey. it feel? For the first time, I don't feel like an outsider in the green room. You know what I mean? Like, I've been in a hundred green rooms where I am the corporate one and they're the creative ones. And I'm, oh, do you have everything you need? Thanks so much for doing the festival. Really happy you're here. But, you know, give them their space. They, they need their pre-show time to, to prepare. And there's this kind of deference 
that I had to maintain. And now I'm in a green room and I'm like, wait a minute, like I'm on the lineup. Like, you know, it's been amazing. Yeah, it's great. And I feel I feel very supported by a lot of the comics I've been performing with. And a lot of them are reaching out and going, hey, like, you know, hey, you have an extra slot for me? Of course, no problem. Come on down. And, you know, they'll see me on a show. Oh, I do a weekly night here. Like, you should come on this one. And so a lot of people have been have been really generous with the opportunity so far. I'm really grateful. We're a good community. We're yeah. weirdos, but we're a good yeah. fucking community. Yeah. Well, yourself included. Like well, The weirdo part, yeah. yes. Definitely. Well, no, I just mean in terms of being supportive. Okay, so I want people to follow you also on Instagram because okay. that's your big thing. What is yeah. your fucking Instagram? It's going to be in the description, but people listening because people are going to get this. A lot of people Monday morning to listen to the show. So what's your Instagram? So my handle is Mighty Oswag. Okay, you're going to have to go to the goddamn description and click on the link because you're going to get confused because a lot of you people can't spell. But Mighty Oswag. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason for it, but I don't know if you want to Is it a funny reason? I mean, no, it's just a logical reason. But Oswag is my stage name for hip-hop karaoke, which is a whole You do hip-hop karaoke? I How come you didn't tell me this so I could laugh? Because you talk too much, Pantelis. I do. I'm teasing. Yeah. I'm teasing. I, I actually run hip-hop karaoke. What? Yeah. What the fuck is hip-hop karaoke? Is it just karaoke, but you can only do hip-hop songs? That, with the caveat that you cannot rely on visual aid for lyrics. You have to memorize the song, and then you spit the verses over an instrumental without looking at the lyrics. It's high-stakes karaoke, and it's for professionals. Is it like Russian roulette style, like high-stakes, we got a gun, there's a bullet? No. there's. It's actually a very warm, friendly environment okay. that uh, <laughs> does not promote competition, per se, but it's an outlet, and it's fucking amazing, and it's something I'm really happy and proud to be a part of, um, and I've been running it for about eight years now. Is there a winner? No. Okay, that's why there's no competition. No. It's just you go it's there and you do fun. your thing. It's hip-hop lovers that want to come and be and emulate their favorite rap stars for the night. Really? You How come you didn't tell me? I would send Poseidon to you. He's... Go crazy. You know what? But we're definitely going to do one. Monica's actually the one I was telling you about before. She's also my co-producer on Hip Hop Karaoke. Um, we're going to do one again in the new year. We're, we're planning right yeah, now. You got to plug this shit. But we did. We did one at Just for Laughs on the Lot of Quebec stage last year, and it was super fun. And we've done it. We've done it over the years. Like in I would watch locations. it. How come nobody fucking well, told me about it? It's on YouTube. Him. You can check it out. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna check it out for sure. HHKMTL. HHK Hip Hop Karaoke Montreal. Yeah. God damn it! Okay, but they well, have Hip Hop Karaoke all over the world, though. Hip Hop Karaoke it started in New York. Yeah, yeah. They, Everything starts there. Apparently. Everyone starts in New yeah. York. Yeah. No, it's a good one. It's a good time. But yeah, well, uh, well, I'll definitely let you know when the next one is. All right. So please follow uh, Olivia on all her social platforms. Uh, this year's gonna be big for Olivia. Uh, I have a feeling you're gonna get to really fucking grow, and I, I think you're gonna look back at even this interview and you're gonna be like god damn i can't believe i thought that or oh i was so nervous about this that's what always happens it's fun it's a good time well, i'm glad we're we're archiving it oh yeah this is it you're gonna have the audio you're gonna have the video you'll be able to look back and be like why was i fucking talking to this idiot or this was a good talk who knows i don't know how you can see this you know i don't think you're an idiot no, no, right? of course I, again olivia in case you guys weren't aware one of the people that fucking had my back for for years for like was saying good things about me before i got into the festival uh mike was really happy that first year that i got in that you went and told him that yeah. how happy you were oh, that I'm I was in there because he was happy too yeah. he's like oh fuck it's good to to get you know to get the perspective from the inside for that sure. someone was fucking like they realize because you know Mike uh, should take credit for kind of discovering me because he gave me yeah. the opportunity no and maybe yeah certainly he's been helpful to you in that regard huge yeah but I also think if you weren't plain funny and talented you oh, know, I he wouldn't. wouldn't he wouldn't have necessarily supported like he knows he wouldn't have supported me at all he sees your talent and yeah. he's helped elevate you for sure but you also have raw talent and that's what makes you great. You're a fucking gangster. No, it's true, man. And I really thank you. I can't thank you enough for having me on and for your support. Thank you. Thank you for fucking coming. Oh, so fine. Olivia Benaroche, uh, don't forget to fucking follow her or you're going to make me upset. Uh, and thank you all for checking out the podcast.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 